When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. The free exercise clause of the First Amendment means first and foremost the right to believe and profess whatever religious doctrine one desires. That's from Justice Antonin Scalia in a landmark case, Employment Division versus Smith. Today, we try to bring a little nuance to the heated debate over religious liberty. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsu Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to another episode, everybody. Before we dive into this um, controversial and legally dense subject, we want to take another minute to thank our donors, especially our subscribers, Christina, Katie, Glenn, Bryn, Samantha and Camilla, Susan and Sydney, our all-stars. We love you guys so much. And thanks also to Joy for uh, supporting the show as well. You can find information about supporting the show at our website, pantsuitpoliticsshow.com. And that's also where you can get your hands on a Crazy Moderate or Pantsuit Politics t-shirt. So you can uh, show your pride for the show there. And then we also just want to ask everyone to take a second to fill out our very quick survey. We're pinning the survey link to the top of our Facebook and Twitter feeds. And It'll just help us to know a little bit more about who's listening so we make sure that our subject matters stay relevant, especially as we look toward the end 
someday the presidential race will be over. <laughs> um, and we're thinking about future topics. You know, seeing the spread of states, for example, that people live in um, will really be helpful to us. So thanks for to those of you who have already done that. And we hope that you'll pop over for a quick second. And we've officially ordered the T-shirt. So if you've ordered one, they'll be coming soon. And if you haven't, there's officially a finite stock. We're not taking pre-orders. So if you want one, you better get on it. Well, we have a couple of things to hit in the pearls this week before we move on to the religious liberty debate. So um, first, I thought we would talk about the contest in Washington, Alaska, and Hawaii. Bernie had a good day. He had a really good day. Like he had the kind of day that Hillary last had, right? Wasn't even close. Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel at this point, I I don't want to take anything away from his success. I think he did great. I also thought that bird landing on the podium was pretty hilarious, but I've been there y'all. I've been there with Hillary. I've been there and it's just the math is so still so over hard to overcome. You know, the bird incident, I think, shows what a skillful politician he is, too. He handled that really beautifully. Yeah. And I think sometimes because he is such a personality and and he has this kind of, um, I don't know, the thing that just comes across so well when they do him on SNL, (laughs) whatever that quality (laughs) is, you sort of forget that, like, he's been doing this a long time. He's really good at it. He can really seize a moment and and kind of recognize a moment like that. So uh, it was a good it was a good week to be a Bernie Sanders supporter. Amen. So the next big contest on the Democratic side is New York on April 19th. And this is a pretty personal one for both candidates. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yes. Hillary is the former senator from New York and Bernie from nearby New Hampshire. So it should be interesting. I think all of the remaining states for the Democrats should be really interesting, especially because, you know, the 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 winds in Washington, Alaska and Hawaii are probably enough to get him another big infusion of cash. Um, and the demographics are a little different than the states that we've seen so far. So I, I, I continue to be a little bit confused. I'll be honest, by the way, the demographics break down on the Democratic side this time. But um, maybe maybe I'll get some clarity around that when we start hitting uh, New York and, and other New England states. Yeah. Well, we have some um, just really heartbreaking news throughout the world this week as well. Mm-hmm. So er- earlier um, this week, of course, we had attacks in Brussels. And we're recording this show on Sunday, and today an explosion at a park in Pakistan killed. At the time of this reporting, there are 69 people confirmed dead and many other injuries that could certainly change before we publish on Tuesday. Um, this took place in what what is the prime minister's political power base in Pakistan, and it is Pakistan's wealthiest province. A Taliban group has claimed responsibility for what appears to have been a suicide bombing, and they've told media outlets that they were targeting Christians celebrating Easter in a park. And it's uh, it's been oddly quiet in in the news here in the United States today. You know, I and it I, was and especially for an attack that seemed to, you know, primarily target families out celebrating. So a lot of women and children were killed. 
Yeah, it's um, I saw a tweet about this and about how, you know, this happened and like MSNBC was rerunning Meet the Press. You know, you, mm. you just couldn't find it anywhere. And it's it's really disheartening. It is. I, you know, I've read a lot of things like, you know, when when these attacks happen in other parts of the world, you don't get the Facebook flag filter. You know, where's the Pakistani flag filter? That's right, because it's it's not any less tragic. And in, in some ways, I think it's enormously relevant to think about this type of attack happening on the heels of an ISIS attack, but but not from ISIS as far as we know. Yeah. It, it's a good reminder that this is not a simplistic battle. Um, yeah, and And it's not one that is confined to Western Europe. So uh, just a really difficult time. And um, we... We, I saw someone on Twitter ask us today, you know, what can be done about all this? And I, I wish I knew. It's it's just really scary and sad. And it continues to be difficult in Brussels right now. A ceremony today for victims of the Brussels attacks was interrupted by far-right nationalists who threw water bottles and uh, mm. apparently brandished some flames at peaceful demonstrators. So you have in Europe this tension between um, kind of an open border. You know, the European Union has has brought Europe together in many ways, but not in all of them. And so law enforcement is still handled in silos. And you can see the impact, right, of having a, a kind of open society, but having your law enforcement behind that openness. And a lot of nationalism going on right now that people say, mirrors the rhetoric coming from Donald Trump. Although I take issue with that because I think American nationalism should have nothing to do with race or religion. I mean, that's kind of the premise of our country. But anyway, that's what's going on in Brussels today. It's it's just a tough time. Absolutely. And locally, we found out some really sad news that a couple that had been missing that she's from, she's actually was in Beth and I sorority at Transylvania a few years after us. Um, they found out that both of them were killed in the Brussels attack. So just sending our thoughts to their families and, and everyone affected by this. It's, it's a it's a real nightmare that we're living in. And I think uh, a, a call to be very careful about how we proceed from here in our own politics. We always take a second to compliment someone from the other side and Sometimes we forget to do that. And then later we say, ah, we forgot. <laughs> so um, so this is switching gears entirely. But I'll go first and, and say that I want to compliment someone right here in Kentucky. Sarah, you posted a picture of a, a video link to, what is his name, Seamus? Celis. Celis Wilder. Yes, Wilder? thank you. Um, so this guy is one of many Democrats running uh, to oppose Rand Paul for his Senate seat. And I'm a big Rand Paul fan. But um, he gave a remarkably honest and thoughtful answer to a question about coal in Kentucky and and said, you know, it's not environmental protection agency regulations that is killing coal. It's, it's a ton of things killing coal, not the least of which is the fact that, like, we've mined a lot of it here in Kentucky and there's not a lot left. And it was just a really it's the kind of moment that feels like it was straight out of the West Wing, which we've talked about a lot lately. And that you just think if we had more of this, we could have a much more productive dialogue. So hats off to him. 
So as I was reading some of the religious liberty um, cases and, and thinking about the Supreme Court's ruling on these things, I, I, think I decided that I, I sort of miss Sandra Day O'Connor and I wish she was still on the court. A conservative justice, but one whose um, reasoning I always respected. And I sort of think she regrets leaving the court. Um, I think she probably wishes she was still still a Supreme Court justice. Um, but I'm going to give a shout out to Sandra Day O'Connor, first woman on the Supreme Court, and always she kept it nuanced justice. for sure. I mean her her opinions were very she very did. subtle in a lot of ways. All right, so we're going to jump in to religious liberty laws and the suit. So these laws have been in the news recently in North Carolina and Georgia, and we decided it was time to address these so-called religious liberty laws. I feel like I might owe our conservative listeners a little bit of a disclaimer before we jump into this. I mean, I think people who listen to our show know that I am not a social conservative. Um, Maybe I need to just say that explicitly, though, (laughs) beginning of this episode, because (laughs) I'm going to be way out of step with the Republican Party on these topics. And I I will try my best to be, you know, objective and to and to keep some conservative principles in mind. But in my mind, the socially conservative perspective on this is way out of step with other principles about what government should and shouldn't be. So that's my fine print as we jump into this discussion. Well, first of all, let's talk about the, the the name, which I find totally disingenuous and a pivot from that nobody wanted to be anti-gay anymore. So now they're just sticking up for religious liberty. It sounds so nice. Well, and it's sort of an attempt to piggyback on history, but it's it's funny because it's basically turned something that used to be a shield into a sword. So in 1993, Mm -hmm. um, Congress, like, almost unanimously passed the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. What a funny idea, Congress acting unanimously to legislate. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And and Bill Clinton at the time called it a miracle. So, um, yeah, different times for sure. They passed that act following the case that we quoted at the beginning of the episode. So the Supreme Court had just heard a case, Employment Division versus Smith, about uh, Native Americans who lost their jobs because they used peyote in violation of criminal law. And at the time, Justice Scalia, writing for the majority, said, look, we understand that you have this sincerely held religious belief and that peyote is part of that. But this law wasn't meant to discriminate against your religion. It was just meant to criminalize a controlled substance. So, you know, your religion is not a a pass on this on complying with this law. Um, Following that case, then Congress acted. To say that when government intrudes on the exercise of religion, it has to have a compelling interest to do so, and it has to do so in the least restrictive way possible. So it's not that you can do whatever you want because of your religion, but it is a severe limitation on the government's ability to, on the government, I think that's an important thing to say, right, on the government's ability to interfere with your religion. And so it, it really was meant at the time to protect 
uh, practitioners of what would be considered minority religions. But that is changing quite a bit. So then, correct me if I'm wrong, so the Congress passed this law, the Supreme Court found it unconstitutional again, and held that the RFRA only applied to federal laws. So... In the interim, a number of states started passing their own versions of these, um, the RFRAs, which is a sort of mouthful as far as an acronym. And then this is where we start getting into trouble. And so as, as often happens, we get into trouble when we talk about what a person is. And last year, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court's Hobby Lobby decision um, made a lot of news because the court held that corporations can have sincerely held religious beliefs, too. And the Hobby Lobby case, if you aren't familiar with it, was about um, Hobby Lobby's refusal to uh, cover birth control under its insurance plan. Or certain forms of birth control. Certain forms of highly affordable and effective birth <laughs> right. control. Right. The Affordable Care Act mandated certain coverage of of contraceptives, and Hobby Lobby said that, that the mandate in the Affordable Care Act intruded on Hobby Lobby, the corporation's sincerely held religious beliefs about contraception. And in a decision that really just makes my brain hurt, the court found that Hobby Lobby could have sincerely held religious beliefs and and did not have to comply with that mandate. Uh, so now the states. But here's my, here's what I feel like. I don't feel like these states passing these Religious Freedom Restoration Act versions. It's really not about the Supreme Court and the Hobby Lobby case. I mean, I think that is absolutely related. But what they're really mad about is the Supreme Court saying that sex, same-sex marriage is legal? That's what these are a reaction oh, to. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I think that... I think the court in Hobby Lobby starts taking this a step further into what feels more like the private sector, right? So a, a thing that drives me crazy is when people use the First Amendment in the private context. Like, I hate to even reference Donald Trump again, but it's just always top of mind right now. You know, when he talks about protesters at his rallies interfering with his First Amendment rights, that's just wrong. Like, that's just factually not a thing. Because the First Amendment is about the (laughs) government not interfering with your right to exercise free speech. Similarly, the free exercise clause in the First Amendment is about the government not interfering with your beliefs and your exercise of those beliefs. So when you take that into a corporation doesn't have to follow a law regarding the insurance coverage available to its employees, it's like now we're getting kind of far afield. And then states are starting to use these, you know, versions of RIFRA to say that businesses, for example, don't have to serve um, individuals in circumstances that would conflict with religious beliefs. The most, and I'm, I'm like, I'm just kind of tired of hearing about all these things because they sound like, is this really happening? You know, but. Um, you know, there's all these discussions of bakeries and florists for weddings. If if I'm a, I guess, conservative Christian florist and a gay couple comes to me and wants me to 
do flowers for their wedding. I can't imagine that I would say no to that, but I guess some people will. Um, and and also, can, can I just say, so here's my question. Are you also going to say no if the people are divorced? Or are you going to say no because they've had a child out of wedlock? There's a lot of rules in the Bible about who should and should not get married and in what situations is there some sort of violation. So if you're going to consistently follow those rules, then first of all, you're not going to have a very successful business. And second of all, maybe you're in the wrong business. Like, give me a break. Well, and then third of all, to need this law, you have to have all these improbable things happen. So gay couple goes to florist. Florist says, nope, can't serve you. Um, violates my religion. And then gay couple has to sue the florist, mm-hmm. right, for this to even matter. Which, and then go ahead, feel free to sue them. I think that's well, a so, great idea. So you have to sue them, and the state has to have discrimination laws that protect you to, to in order for you to sue them. And then the florist needs this law, perhaps, to get around the discrimination lawsuit. But here's the deal. Riffer has been on the books for a long time. It has never, ever been successfully asserted to get around discrimination laws. Because what Riffer says is not you can do whatever you want. Again, it's that the government has to have a compelling interest. And courts have said the government has a compelling interest in ensuring that there's no discrimination in things like housing and commerce. And the government has to use the least restrictive means possible to enforce those laws. So this, this is all symbolic grandstanding nonsense. Yeah. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsu Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. Looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Aura frames are beautiful, Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things. Big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash pantsuit. And it's, you know, and it's just, so I think there's two things here. I think that I get, this is an attempt by conservative social evangelicals angry about the same-sex marriage decision and finding any way to battle that back. But to me, so I think that's probably sort of one front that this is coming from, which is so silly Treating these people, treating gay couples like crap as they go about and try to get married is not going to take away the fact that they can get married. It's not going to make less gay people. It's not going to make less gay people get married. What is your purpose except for just to be mean? Like, if you are a business owner who feels so strong, like I said, if you feel so strongly about your religious beliefs, then it wouldn't just be about homosexuality. You'd have a problem with a lot of people because as Rebecca Tracer so, you know, helpfully pointed out, marriage is not what it used to be. People are entering it later, which means they're entering it after already having sex or having babies or being married before. So you should have lots of problems with the current state of marriage, the least of which being homosexual couples. Like, ah, it just drives me crazy. Well, and then you might also have the religious perspective to reflect on other portions of the Bible that talk about judging, not lest you be judged. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't find this sympathetic from a religious point of view either. To your point about just being mean, I mean, that's when I say this is all symbolic nonsense, I don't want to in any way minimize the really terrible consequences it has especially these laws that are directed at the transgendered community. I cannot believe that here in 2016, we are so concerned about where people use the bathroom. But I feel like these laws that prohibit people from using the restroom that matches the gender that they identify with, it's basically like saying, my comfort is more important than your actual life. Because this is the kind of stuff that drives the suicide rates in that population, the mm-hmm. de- levels of depression, the severe poverty. I mean, I, why would we do this? It's just off. It's it is it is just hateful. It is it serves no purpose whatsoever. So let's talk about this North Carolina law. So Texas, you know, I think the Houston um, ballot or law that didn't pass that was um, overturning one of their anti-discrimination laws that was primarily aimed at transgendered 
people being able to use their identified gender restroom. So that's one of those sort of bathroom bills. I believe Arkansas had one because I know the Duggars got involved. I am not nuanced on the Duggars. I do not like those people. Um, and never have, just FYI. But so and then this North Carolina law that just recently passed, which is just breathtaking in, you know, its breadth and scope. It's, here's my favorite part of this bill. Okay, so it's, overturns any city's ordinance. So Charlotte had passed an ordinance which included protections for gay and transgender people. Overturns makes anything like that, these so-called bathroom bills, illegal. Then, this is my favorite part. It requires any dual occupancy bathroom that the government has to be labeled as a single gendered and to be enforced. So let's say you have a family restroom in which a father or a mother could either go in. No, you've all we've all seen these sort of dual occupancy restrooms. They would have to eliminate that. So I get, I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb and say they're going to make it only females can go in and change diapers and use these family restrooms. I mean, what is the matter with you? And also, as a fun little side note, North Carolina added in that you can't raise the minimum wage in any of these cities either. What the hell that has to do with religious liberty, I do not know. The way they passed this is shocking, too. So they had a special session. It was at like, the cost of was, taxpayer dollars, $42,000 is what I read. Yes. And it was like three hours after the legislation was introduced. It had been passed and signed into law. The Democrats in the North Carolina Senate were so angry that they just walked out like they didn't even vote on it. It, it tells you how nefarious it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. The intent of this was bad. Yes. And so the, with these bathroom laws, what I hear people, what I hear people say, you know, okay, first of all, I think that the growing, I've said this multiple times on this podcast, I understand that the growing discussion uh, surrounding transgendered people um, makes so many people, particularly older generations, uncomfortable because it's a, comp- it's a new, it's the wild, wild west, it's a new frontier in gender. Um, and it's a, you know, it's a hard thing to think about he, she, they, or we, you know, nobody wants to identify like this is a whole new language. This is a whole new world. Fine. That's difficult to understand. But the idea that, that we can't allow people to go into the bathroom with which they identify. First of all, it says we don't care about their safety. Because as transgendered people have said over and over again, if they are forced to go in to their biological gender restroom, then they are outed as transgendered. And that, you know, violence is the number one cause of death among transgendered people. So you're just outing them and you're putting them in harm's way. And the, the, the defense I hear is, well, we don't want predators to go into the bathroom and prey on women and children. Okay, first of all, there's zero evidence that that has happened in other places that have passed anti-discrimination laws. Second of all, I don't really understand the reasoning behind predators who are, first of all, it shows a complete ignorance on how predators work because it's not sort of sneak attacks. That's not how sexual predators work, at least not with children. It's a grooming process. But, I mean, I don't understand why you would think a rapist willing to go into a women's restroom and attack a woman would suddenly not do it because you've passed this law. I don't understand any of this. I don't either. I also don't understand if you're a traditional family values person, how it makes sense to you to have people who look like men yeah. going into women's restrooms. I mean, it. I always get so frustrated when family restrooms aren't available 
Like, mm-hmm. I don't love the idea of my five-year-old going into a men's restroom with her dad and walking past a bunch of urinals, right? Like, I right. just think that's kind of a weird thing that I'm not ready to talk with her about. <laughs> you know, I guess we can, and it's fine, but I would much prefer there be a family restroom. So if we're going into the women's room now and we've got men, they're just, you know, they're men coming yep. into the women's restroom. Like, who who does that serve? Uh, I just feel like it's, it's just... In- intimidation it's just threatening intimidation it's if you're gonna push and you're gonna you want to be accepted then we will just make your life as difficult as possible and all these people who think you're sinful or abominations or whatever the heck we we are defending them we're defending their religious liberty to think that you're wrong it just oh i hate it so much we're about to learn a lot about the impact that corporations can have and whether they will have a social conscience because Georgia has um, a pending law. Uh, it's waiting for the governor's signature or veto that goes about as far as North Carolina's law, from what I can tell. A lot of companies have said to the governor, do not sign this into law. Um, Marvel is making a movie in Georgia right now. It's threatened to pull out of the state. Uh, But, you know, you would think the same thing would be happening in North Carolina. There are a ton of great businesses in North Carolina, and large corporations are not going to be able to recruit the kind of talent they want in states that have these sort of measures. I mean, it's just this is a really big deal for business, and I hope that business steps up to the plate. It did in Indiana um, last year when Indiana passed a a Religious Freedom Restoration Act of its own. Among others, the NCAA put a ton of pressure on the legislature so that they specifically included a provision saying that this does not permit discrimination. Now, it's still a bad bill, right? And everything still could have gone further. But it will be very interesting to see whether companies... um, don't vote with their feet on this. You know, if if the tax advantages that brought them into these states are enough to keep them there, or if they really will step up to the plate in the face of this kind of legislation. Well, I mean, I think some of this legislation, I know that North Dakota had legislation and it was defeated and it was a lot of women and child advocates like there was a lot of child um, advocates saying this will allow abuse of children because people will say it's religiously based. My religion, spare the rod, spoil the child so I can beat the out of my child. And that's allowed under my religious liberty. And I think that argument worked really well with people and they defeated that law. And also, I think in Indiana, they they had lots of businesses that were objecting to a similar legislation they were going to pass and they walked it back. So... We have similar legislation in Kentucky now, Beth. Um, the Senate has, again, a huge, broad bill that there's, like, basically no... It's as broad as it can be. There's no limitations on it. You know, it's like... that. It, this one says, Customize artistic, expressive, creative, ministerial, spiritual, in any way protected activities to refuse to do business that would violate their conscience or moral or religious convictions. I mean, what if I'm a woman and I walk in wearing pants and you're religious, you have religious convictions about women and women in skirts. Can you, can you deny me services based on that? But, you know, the first amendment doesn't say that you get to live in a world that you don't like. Yeah. It, that's just not what it says. And it's, and that's not what the, I mean, I don't understand like, I've read the entire Bible. I don't remember any part of it saying everybody, ha- you know, you beat people into this belief system. You bully people into thinking that you're right. 
Like, who do you think you're winning over by this? Like, well, it really illustrates the hypocrisy of people like Ted Cruz, too. Because, you know, you have somebody like Ted Cruz who talks about religious liberty ad nauseum. But then turns around and calls for the policing of Muslim neighborhoods mm-hmm. following an attack. Now, I, he's, he's a smart guy, and he knows good and well that the First Amendment doesn't say anything about protecting Christians, yep. but not other faiths. And, and Justice Scalia recognized that. I mean, the, the First Amendment and the first version of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act were we're about protecting minorities and it's yeah. just it's so true know. like i know my state senator introduced some like protecting religious groups at school so you're going to tell me that if a muslim group wanted to start a jihad club you'd be okay with that you'd protect their religious right to do that because i'm really skeptical about that i'm really skeptical that when you say religious liberty you mean everyone's religious liberty cuz i don't think you do or that a you know a pagan group even mm-hmm. you know it's just or Wiccan I'm sure he'd love one of those. There's just nothing subtle about this, no. right? It's it's all really transparent. It's and gross. It's gross. When you look at the legalities of it, it doesn't even make sense. It's Mm-mm. it's just it's just ugly. Bad. And this is really about who we want to be as a society. And so I think I've, I'm I go back to my father-in-law on this all the time. You are not going to put Pandora back in the box. Even if you think all, you know, America is morally is going to hell in a handbasket and you hate the idea of gay people getting married and you hate the idea of trans people being allowed to live in society openly as who they are. It doesn't matter. It's not, we're not going to go back. It's just not going to happen. Like, we go forward as a society. We become more accepting. We allow more people at the table. If you don't like that and it offends your religious you know, sensibilities, I'm really sorry. But look at history. Like, we're just not going to go the opposite direction. And also, none of this is new. No. None of it is new. We're just talking about it. Mm-hmm. That's so you, true. You know about it. But it's not like these things haven't existed since the beginning of time. I mean, it... So people ask, what can I do about these things, right? So certainly in your state, you can oppose this sort of legislation. You can also advocate for specific protections for the LGBT community, because that's really, when you look at the kind of legal frameworks in which these situations can arise, you really need to make sure that your state legislation specifically protects LGBT individuals, just as it does women, people on the basis of race, gender, religion, etc. So that's important. And I think the other thing is just to like, be a voice against this kind of rhetoric in our society. I mean, it's, it's, it's so disheartening. It's hard to even talk about. Well, and I make it a point, you know, I was just telling somebody the other day, sort of in my, sort of in my parenting and in my speech, this sort of goes back to our politically correct discussion. I make it a point to be particularly, quote unquote, politically correct about gender and sexuality with my kids. Not only because I want them to be accepting of other people, but because if I think to myself, well, I wouldn't care if my kids were gay, but I say, oh, who are, is she your girlfriend? 
are you going to get married to her one day? Like, I'm implying in, in subtle ways over and over again that what I think is acceptable and what I think is quote-unquote normal for them would be to marry a woman. And I don't ever, ever for one second want my children to think that I would not accept them no matter who they loved or w- what gender they identified as or anything. You know, that's that's all I care about. And so, you know, I think this is also a good space to think about, like, our language and how it affects those we love and how it affects people we might not know. And it seems, it can, not to me, but it can seem silly to some, like, oh, we're so worried about everything we say. Well, yeah, because there's a lot, we're learning and we're finally accepting that there is a huge diversity of experience out there. And we want to be understanding of that. Yeah, that's well said. And I'm sitting here thinking about how in the business community also, I think it's really important to be uh, sensitive and respectful about language. Also, I think motivated to increase the diversity of your organizations for Mm -hmm. all the right reasons. Yeah. You know, not not just because we have to have certain metrics uh, for certain opportunities, but because we actually are enriched by different perspectives, Absolutely. you know, by, by like genuinely wanting and being curious about people who are different than you and, and hoping to learn from them and, and recognizing the value that happens when everyone works together. I mean, it's, it's a lot of just what we're about generally, right? Things don't have to be exactly what I think in order for them to have a ton of value. And we need all of these perspectives. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that everyone benefits. You know, I think people who traditionally identify, you know, I'm about as traditional as they get. I'm a, a biologically female, identify as female, married to a straight man. But I benefit from this discussion. This helps me think about things. It helps me think about my own feelings about gender and sexuality. And I think we all benefit from that. We all benefit from allowing a little more breathing room in these discussions because for so long, gender and sexuality, talk about being used as a sword. You know, like they were just used oppressively and to limit people and to sort of shorten the vision sort of exactly what Rebecca Traster was talking about like we everybody had this one path and it didn't matter if it made you miserable because that's what you were supposed to do and so aren't we all glad for ourselves and for our children that we have other paths available now and that if my sons want to get married to a man or don't want to get married and don't want to have kids that's fine and there's lots of paths to happiness instead of you know forcing everybody down the same road so that they can self-medicate and be miserable. Like, I don't want that for my kids. Well, look, and I can appreciate that we're talking about this in a way that a lot of people aren't going to get to, right? They just, they can't put themselves there. There are lots and lots of people who could not say, I'm not going to pressure my sons to to marry women, right? Mm -hmm. Even if that's your perspective, I think it's really healthy to consider from a religious point of view how far does my belief extend? Yeah. And and at what point does my belief have, you know, reach its edge and start to intrude on someone else's belief? And That's what you learn in law school, right? Like everybody has the bubble and we're all about, you know, your bubble is fine, but if you start bumping into other people's bubbles and bursting their bubbles, then we got some problems. Right, and that's true in terms of your rights under mm-hmm. our constitution. 
I think it's also a really important spiritual question because the one of the things that I have always loved about my faith is the idea that I am free to have it or not as between God and me, right? Like it's not an enforced situation. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that, that I could as a human enforce that perspective on another person, um, that, you know, that's just not anywhere in my Bible. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it's important on a whole bunch of levels, but this is a discussion that like literally has life and death consequences if we have it without respect for the people that we're talking with. Well, and I think that you see, you know, among millennial, even millennial evangelical Christians, you don't see the same passion about, you know, LGBT community. You just, as far as being opposed to gay marriage and stuff, because as people came out of the closet and you saw, you had to look your son or daughter in the face and see their pain over these issues and being feeling like they weren't accepted and they weren't a part of this community anymore. Or you're, as you're, if you're younger and you're seeing your sister or your brother or a friend as people came out of the closet, like that just changes the calculus, right? It takes something that sounds abstract and makes it really personal. Yeah, which is good. And I think that's another reason that in, in all respects, you know, this push for surrounding yourselves with people different from you is important because Absolutely. that's how you break down those barriers. That sense of otherness starts to evaporate. Absolutely. And it's so important. I think it's important for our kids. It's important for our businesses. It's important, again, intrigued by the business model in which you exclude customers in this economy. But hey, whatever. Um, it's important for our country and for our politics. So let's hope these laws don't continue to just be... I mean, I feel like the reaction to North Carolina and Georgia and even in Kentucky was just discussed, at least among my circle. No, I agree with that. Um, I, I popped on to the Kentucky Secretary of State website over the weekend and was just taking a glance. There are so many seats that people are running unopposed. Oh, wow. And this is where I think... I hope that one positive consequence of the cluster that is these laws is that more people will start to step up and recognize the importance as we keep beating this drum of local races. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because, yes, yes. I can speak to that firsthand with regards to our state Senate race. Yes. It was sort of the same problem we seem to have in Kentucky, which is not a, not a lot of great options. No, and it's just... Um, it, it's it's too important when, when you start talking about issues at this level, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't. Uh, well, I mean, shoot, and Flint too. I mean, we're we're ta- we're talking about our water and our rights to live as we choose. Like, there isn't anything more important than those types of issues. Absolutely, absolutely. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. 
I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered shower head is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code PANTSUIT at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. All right, well, we will move on, but very interested to hear from people following this discussion. So, Sarah, in the heels, we're going to go a lot lighter today and talk about our favorite Easter candy. I'm guessing that you have a lot of passion about this subject. Do I feel strongly Just about candy? I have some really strong um, rules about candy, what's worth eating, what's not worth eating, how it should be stored. I do. I feel strongly about this issue. Well, let's hear it because I, I feel a little less strongly, but I am I'm excited to hear your perspective. So I don't waste any of my candy eating calories on anything but chocolate. I don't care about jelly beans or Starburst or Skittles. I mean, every once in a while I'll be like, man, an orange Starburst sounds pretty good. And then I put it in my mouth and I realize it's just orange flavored plastic. And then I regret it and wish I was eating (laughs) chocolate. So do you like fruit candy? I'm opposed to all fruit candy, especially jelly beans. 
Well, I love gummy bears, as people who who follow us on Twitter know. But other than gummy bears, I 100% agree with you. Chocolate all day. And can I just tell you the abomination that I found in my kid's Easter basket today? White chocolate Reese's peanut butter cups? No, people. No. Stop. Stop with the white chocolate. No. It's it's just not chocolate. It's anyway. So I do love the little mini Reese's peanut butter cups. The The chocolate to peanut butter ratio is so much stronger in those. Big fan. Big fan of those. And also the the eggs. I also like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup eggs at Easter time. I also like the mini Cadbury cream eggs. I feel the regular size Cadbury cream eggs, there's too much of that stuff in the middle, not enough chocolate. So I really like the mini of those as well. And I'm always a fan of Twix and Kit Kat. Those are my, those are my all-stars. Well, I'm a Snickers girl for sure. I do like Snickers. Okay, yeah, and Snickers. I also love M&M's. I don't like any of the Cadbury stuff because I feel strongly about not biting into things and having something in the center that wasn't there throughout. Just not my thing. But that's like what a Snickers is. It's just not liquidy. Yeah, but I feel like the Snickers, it's like all the way through. Like, you know what's going to happen. I don't know. I just don't like that kind of liquidy or marshmallowy centers. I don't love that. Yeah, I don't like marshmallow. Like Three Musketeers, you can keep those. I don't really care. Like I will of, tell like, nougat. you. Ugh, forget it. Yeah, I agree. I will tell you, though, that today something happened that has changed a little bit of my perspective. I had for the first time a birthday cake flavored peep. What? That's and a thing? That sucker was delicious. Let me tell you yes. something about peeps. They're delicious roasted because that candy coat, that like the stuff on the outside oh, yeah. gets like a little crunchy, like on a, like on a um, s'more. Freaking delicious. I love I s'mores. I have like a whole. Emmett. Yeah, I have like a Pinterest board. It's in all s'mores. I really have a passion for s'mores. But um, I, yeah, I feel the same way about marshmallow. Like, I don't really like those. And as far as like Milky Ways, which I'm also opposed to, and Three Musketeers, I just feel like the snicker is really strong because of the peanut. Also, I tell myself it's protein and it's half good for you, which makes me feel better. Oh, totally. I, I also, feel like Snickers advertising has been genius on that point, too. Oh, yeah, it's because totally. I'm always like, like, it's oh, like, yeah, it's protein. I do need this boost. Yeah, and it's definitely an energy boost. Um, I also opened up an egg today and got a little mini Heath bar. I think those are a little underappreciated, but I really like those as well. I'm not a big Heath bar person. Really, I'm pretty loyal to the Snicker, and I love M&M's. I'm never going to turn my nose up But, like, M&Ms peanut ever. M&M's are just regular M&M's. I'm more about the regular M&M's. See, I like peanut M&M's. But there's – and every once in a while, they'll do some variation that's, like, really good. Like, those coconut ones were weird. It was sort of like eating uh, suntan lotion. But they have, like, a pretzel one that's really good. But I really am just – at the end of the day, it's going to be peanut M&M's for me. See, I don't like the pretzel. I just think, don't mess with this. Like, I can eat the peanut M&M's. I think that's fine. But I'm really a traditionalist about my M&M's. Yeah, I, but I like pretzel stuff. Like, my <laughs> my, gra- my great aunt made this. It's In the South, we call it a salad. Let me tell you what the salad was. Crunched up pretzels and graham crackers. Some sort of whipped topping. And then, like, jello strawberries. That's, the, that's a salad. See? Oh, my mom made pretzel salad like that for every potluck ever. And you yes, know what that is? Same thing. Delicious yep. is what it is. It is it is really, really good. Well, it's just the sweet and salty, the yeah, mixture, and, the and then you've got that creamy. Mm. The the whipped cream thing that my mom always made had cream cheese in it, too, because Oh, I think that's, yeah, that sort of, I, now that you're saying that, I bet that's what was whipped into it. It's good stuff. Heck, yeah. Well, I mean, and really... Well, and the other funny thing about the Easter candy today, I put this on Instagram. My children are just unethical little thieving monsters, basically. 
There is no, it doesn't matter how many times we tell them, do not get into the candy. You can have some after dinner. They, we put it on top of the fridge. They will drag the stool across the kitchen floor. Like, I cannot hear that no matter where I am in my house. My house is not that big. And crawl up and get the stinking Easter candy. So you know what we did? We locked it in a gym bag. We zipped it closed, put a lock through both zippers. So now it's locked and they can't get to it. My daughter, Jane, when she eats candy, turns into a monster as well. Mm -hmm. So we did a little bit of candy in Easter eggs, but I filled most of her Easter eggs this year with notes. And her notes had, like, directions on them and surprises. Like, she would open a note and it would say, okay, now you can open the Easter basket that your grandmother sent. Okay. And then um, she opened a note and it said, you know, write down five things you're grateful for. Whatever. And so she got very into the notes and totally neglected all the candy this year. So I found a winner at least for Easter 2016. Well, we have these two books. One is one of those Karen Katz books, and it's like Baby Finds the Easter Eggs. And it's like a flat book, and it's like she goes and looks in the tree, and there's the basket, and then she goes in the laundry basket, and there's jelly beans, and then she goes under the table, and there's a chocolate Easter bunny or whatever. And so for two years, it was Griffin's thing. He was like, I think the Easter Bunny should do this book. And I was like, that's a great idea. So for two years, we just did the book. And there's just not that many things in the book. It's like an Easter bonnet, a chocolate bunny. But it's like a scavenger hunt. Then you hunt the eggs. And then this year, we did Hop Hop, which is the Yummy Yucky Ladies book. I don't know if you guys know Yummy Yucky. but mm-hmm. And it's another sort of like you, the baby comes out and there's a jelly bean trail to a chocolate bunny and then slippers and then the basket. And so Griffin was like, maybe the Easter Bunny will do this book this year. And I was like, maybe it will. And so obviously it did. And it was a big hit. Like we do sort of like scavenger hunt things. And it was so funny. We had the same eggs. We took the eggs from church to my family's function. And I was like, you want me to just hide these eggs again? They're like, yeah. And the Griffin was like, really hide them. Like don't just throw them in the grass. (laughs) So I had my older cousins. Like they were like putting them in holes in the ground and burying them in piles of leaves. And he was like, this is the best Easter egg hunt ever. It's really not about the candy. It's about the fun of hunting them. And for our baby this year, we filled a couple of eggs with rice and put, um, like, washi tape around them. So she had little rattles. Oh, they loved it. Oh, they love those egg shakers, man. Those are a big hit in music class. Loved it. Oh, and the other... the other Easter egg candy I was going to say I'm opposed to are those Cadbury, like, M&M pass-off eggs. I'm opposed to those. Have you ever had those? I have not. It's like I a chocolate egg with a candy coating. It's, they're just not very good. I'll tell you what else I don't like. I just don't like big, solid milk chocolate bunnies. It's just no, not my thing. I don't either. We buy them every year. They never really get eaten. But it's just like you got to have them. Well, and that's the thing. Your kid gets them every year, right? And then they eat like, and you, you have to sit, you have to negotiate, right? And yep. so suddenly you're negotiating about bunny body parts. Like yep. you can only have the ears. It's really sick. I just don't like anything about it. Yeah. And they, we, we, they always get forgotten and then they're stale and then we just move on. Well, that was a really in-depth discussion. It really was. <laughs> I feel like we covered it <laughs> in a very nuanced and in-depth way. I mean, not that I'm nuanced about stuff like that. I'm I feel pretty strongly that my opinions are right and everyone should adopt them. But just about Easter candy. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode. Uh, as, as we said earlier, we hope to connect with you on social media. Check out our website. Uh, keep those iTunes ratings and reviews coming. We appreciate and read everyone multiple times. And until Friday's episode, keep it nuanced, y'all. <laughs>